When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Rock Your Voice podcast. Vocal coaching tips that will transform your voice, interviews that will inspire, industry guidance, and so much more. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Today on the Rock Your Voice podcast, I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by Grammy-nominated songwriter Bonnie Baker. Bonnie's located in Nashville. She's going to be part of our Nashville event that's coming up really quick here. Uh, But she's worked with artists such as Rachel Platten, Rascal Flatts, Hunter Hayes. Uh, She's got credits and songs with Reba, Brantley Gilbert. It's just wild. Um, And she knows songwriting. So I had to have her on the podcast to talk all about her journey and her craft and what helps her live a creative life. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and maybe we'll even see you in Nashville. Check out all the details. The link will be in the show notes. And thank you, Bonnie, so much for everything. Enjoy the conversation. It's so good to meet you in virtual world, but we've been chatting so much, but it's so good to see your face and talk in real time. How's it going? Right? In real life just feels odd these days. Yes. Uh, Yes, I love it. And then in April, we're going to actually get to meet in real life. So that's very cool. I'm so excited. Yes, cheers. I just really wanted to have you on to kind of talk about your journey and share a bit of of your insight about songwriting and and what it takes to make a great song. And I know that's a, that's a, a big question that we'll probably dig into much much more in Nashville for those who are coming. But um, but yeah, just wanted to talk a bit about you and your journey and and who you are and how you got to where you're at. And have you always been? You're in Nashville right now, hey? So have you always been in Nashville? I've been here a long time. I moved here in 92, so okay. 32 years now. Okay. Um, I came from Austin, Texas. Right. I was living in Austin. Uh, grew up in Texas, more East Texas, but I went to college at a little private school just kind of north of Austin. Finished my undergrad, started my graduate at a program south of Austin. And I, I wanted to get a master's in, you know, creative writing, fiction writing, cool. and, and loved every minute of it. But I, the real world kind of kicked my ass and was like, you've got to get a job, right. you know? So I, I didn't finish my master's, but I've always loved music and I've always loved words. Mm-hmm. You know, I was that kid. Um, I, I did grow up in a, um, uh, it's not unique to me, but, uh, I grew up in a very conservative household that the only music I could listen to was church music. That was the only music I could play. Wow. Uh, I had to sneak any music into my bedroom with my headphones and stuff so that my parents wouldn't catch me. Um, But started playing piano around five and we didn't have a television. Um, I think I saw a television when I was eight years old and was like, oh, that's kind of (laughs) cool. And 
snuck away to see a movie when I was 18 in a theater and that blew my mind just wow. the whole visual with sound and yeah. you know and all that kind of stuff so the art of music and storytelling was intriguing to me from the very beginning and interestingly enough the challenges to get to that content I think made it even more mysterious right. and exciting for me because it wasn't just there every day. I had to really search out the music that really resonated with me. Totally. Huge Linda Ronstadt fan. Okay. Huge, you know, uh, you know, when she did Desperado and songs like that, right. I was like, uh, and then, um, you know, Christofferson mm -hmm. was like a huge part. Towns Van Zant, who was an a, a Texas songwriter in the, right. in in a lot of the same vibe and vein as Christofferson. Janis Joplin was Texan. Yeah. You know, like there there were some you know Stevie Ray Vaughan that kind of blues rock you know thing. So I, I kind of grew up in church music, but then. I found these wonderful, you know, artists and music that really relied on kind of the blues, gospel, uh, vibe or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of times those musics that I really leaned into were a bit about the underdog and a right. bit about, you know, rising above something. So, so that was my early days, uh, finished college, I thought I was just going to teach, you know, writing and, and English and okay. really, really had a rough 20, you know, my twenties were rough. Okay. And, and so the first few years living in Texas, teaching school, I was a really unhappy okay. human being. And, um, so I just, I say this with no dramatic effect you know, music saved my life. Amazing. You know, it was the thing I could do that felt good. Yeah. That gave me um, life. Right. You right. know, and so it, when people say that, it, it, a lot of times people pass it off as like, you're just, you're being, you know, super dramatic. Right. For me, it was not. That's my incredible. music and, and, and then, you know, playing music with other people. Yeah. Um, you know, I learned early on how to do cover jobs with people. I played for piano sure, and, sure. and did a little backup and, and, you know, bands in Texas can do very well. They yeah. can, they can make several hundred bucks a person right. per night. And so I did that for a while, but then the decision was, you know, I don't really know a lot about songwriting, but mm -hmm. I'm going to go to Nashville. And uh, I so that. I think, I think there was something about just the survival kid in me mm -hmm. got to town and just literally just met as many people as I could. Yeah. Um, just my first and and I can get very long on this, so, but I just want to say it. my first year or so in town, I worked a couple of jobs. I wrote as much as I could, got to know as many people as I could. Um, there weren't as many open mics now as there, you know, uh, there, there's fewer now, but they were harder to get into. Right, right. 
So there was a hotel not far from my little apartment. So I just made a deal with him on their slowest night of the week. I would bring in my, you know, songwriting buddies and we would do an open mic and there would be no cover charge. We would just ask people to bring uh, food and stuff for the pantry here in Nashville mm-hmm. for at, at the mission. And so it, it that just, that became a bit of a place for me to kind of put my creativity and my drive yeah. in was like drive into meeting people, but yes. also having a safe place for them to play and yeah. get to know each other and kind of thing. I think so I've cool. always been very connected to the community of mm-hmm. writers mm-hmm. and how important it is. So because of that, um, I, a friend of mine had a, you know, had a gig at the Bluebird and somebody dropped out last minute okay. and she called me, you know, will you sit in for it? And I literally didn't <laughs> even have really enough songs. I was like, Amazing. well, I may have to play a couple of songs twice. I don't know, but yes, I want to play. Yes. <laughs> and um, so I played the Bluebird. I mentioned I was from Texas. And then just literally a few weeks later, I'm at Fanfare, which is mm-hmm. now the CMA Fest. And a guy was walking toward me. He stops and points at me. He goes, you're from Texas. And I went, I am. And he <laughs> said, I heard you at the Bluebird. And his name was Brett Beavers. And he was bass player for Martina McBride at the time. Nice. His wife worked for her. And he was an amazing songwriter. Wow. We stood there, talked for a minute, and he said, you know, my buddy and I just signed this new writer that we really think you, he's also from Texas. We really think you guys would hit it off. Amazing. And so I met a guy named Troy Johnson and we mm-hmm. wrote three times a week forever. Yes. We were the first to like do our little demos on a little four track, I love it. you know, and I still pull those songs out today yeah. and I absolutely love. So I said all of that to say, I was a bit awkward. I was mm-hmm. a bit, um, I'm not a cool kid. I was just kind of <laughs> hanging out, playing music, so good. putting myself in situations yeah. that then I could meet other people that you, that you really connect with. And, and, yes. and I mean, Troy and I just played a show last amazing friday so 32 years 30 years later that was about two years in so i'm saying all of that to say you know he was a preppy student at belmont and i was not you know that (laughs) and he was very musical and i was more lyric but those differences are what made Mm. us an incredible team and i swear to this day i got my first publishing deal because my first publisher who I was with for over seven years, she loved Troy Johnson, right? Amazing. And he already had a deal. And uh, so again, it was it, it it's not always what you know, it's who you know and yeah. how you know them and how you create with them. And uh, so signed my first deal in 97, had a single that did well by 99, 2000, nice. had a period of time of, of um, you know, had some good songs out, had a bit of a lull. And then I met Hunter Hayes yeah. in about 2008, 2009, mm. when he was really young. And 
once again on paper mm-hmm. we wouldn't look like we right. would fit right yes, yes he's this kid i'm not a kid <laughs> and he's very musical and yeah. yet we could sit and talk about bass lines for hours or it. production or whatever and still to this day one of the the most positive relationships I have with another creative, you know, Troy and, and Hunter are two of my absolute favorites. And, uh, uh, in fact, he and I just finished up with track for a a Canadian artist, uh, the, uh, Hunter brothers, Ty Hunter came down and did. I love Ty. Oh my, it's see, and this, okay. We have to pause for a second because this is exactly what you're saying. It's the community and it is the connections. Ty is like one of my favorite humans. So it's- He's, he's the coolest dude on the planet. Right? Love him. Right? Yeah. So yes. just right there, that just totally emphasizes your whole point of, of just being out there and following those passions and being like making making friends. Right. <laughs> just, it's so cool. And, and, and the thing that I want to kind of attach to that um, you know, I always seem like I have my professor mode on, mm-hmm. but let me just attach something to that. If you're out in the world constantly looking for what someone can do for you, yeah, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Yes, yes, yes. What I'm constantly looking for, what can we do together? Yes. What can we create together that feels fresh and new and different and... Um, there is no hierarchy in creativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's there really is not. So true. And when I hear people talking about how they pick collaborators, a lot of times, oh, I'm writing with her because she has a publishing deal. Right. No. Wrong answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's- because that motivation becomes your core. Yes. Exactly. And it just it, it people see through that. They feel through that. And I literally, whether the the people are cool or not cool, which mm-hmm. all of my collaborators are, uh, I, it's not about that. Yeah. You know, Raquel yeah. Cole and I work a lot together. Awesome. And in fact, I'm going to hear Raquel tonight with oh, her nice. band in town, uh, The Woods. Um, I mean, I, I met Raquel through somebody else. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel like I have so many like nice Canadian collaborators. <laughs> Love it. But yeah, so I want to just put that in there for people to really take in and think about, like, surround yourself with people that you really care about and that you really love and that you really want to, you know, create with. And the creations will get better, Yes. right? If they're not that experienced, but you really think there's something there, keep working at it, right? Yes, yes, I love that. And and again, to your point, the, you know, not not sort of connecting with people just because what they can bring to the table. I have to say, Bonnie, I was, every time I send you an email, the response I get back, I'm always floored because it's always like, that you're always just offering and bringing so much to the table, especially Mm -hmm. with this whole Nashville project. You literally spun my idea into something that is so much bigger than what I could ever have imagined and just going from just like I'm bringing some people out to learn some stuff and you know do some things and to turning into like they're going to be performing in Nashville thanks to you they're going to be recording in Nashville thanks to you and it's just I just love that so much because 
honestly, I could never have dreamed of putting that together by myself. And I never expected anything of anyone right. reaching out. Right. And it's just that whole community of knowing cool people. <laughs> because cool yeah. things happen when you meet cool people. So Right. In fact, Troy Johnson's wife, Nancy Johnson, is yes! the reason we met. There we yes. Go. And there so see what I mean? It's like it's this it's this synchronicity that yes. if you put yourself in the presence of just really kind, generous yeah. human beings, then kind, generous things come out of it, yes, right? So yes. I, it's been a pleasure. I It's so funny because I, I just believe in this concept so much yeah. of, uh, and I've had two people this week go, I really want to do oh. it, but I just can't that week. And oh. I'm like, okay, we'll have to do it again. <laughs> yes, there we go. I do think, I think there is, I think there are a lot of people that really, but my, you know, if you look at the way albums used to be made, mm -hmm. people went away for a few weeks yeah. and they wrote and produced a record top to bottom. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you study Queen and people like that, it's like when they had a project, they didn't just write every day for yeah. the sake of writing. They had a focus and a vision, Yes. you know, yes. and with song camps, that's why I, th I think getting in that moment mm. and understanding a collective energy yeah. and what can come out of that, it's not going to just be the best song you've written. It's going to be the best song everyone has written. Yes. And you're going to all lift each other up in a way that's just, it's not explainable. Yeah. It's you know, it, it, it just, but that's why the song camp song workshop that's, that's intense mm -hmm. feels good to me is because yeah. I think it kind of harkens back to when that's the way albums and songs yes. and tracks were made. It wasn't, it wasn't here and there, which God love technology. I think right. we're, you know, we're, I, I love that we have technology, but there is something about being in the presence of a group of songwriters, yeah. players, engineers, and, that just can be so like you you bring the ideas in and then things just it's grow amazing. out of it you know it really is it's amazing and and i was lucky enough as a well growing up my, my dad was a musician i always talk about him on stuff but um he was a musician and our house literally was it was a recording studio and had all the bedrooms and all the stuff and it was it was literally the bands would come they would invade the place and they would that was their project was Top, like you say top to bottom and it was amazing and then um and then when I started writing as well my dad had moved to France and literally I went with my guitarist and we went and we stayed for two weeks and it was just eat sleep live breathe the music and just that immersive experience of like bringing something to life without the distractions of you know oh I've got to go back to work and then I'll start thinking about the songs again or I've got to send this file here or that file there it's like no we're in it we're creating yeah, creating. I love that. I love that we're in it because, um, it, it, you know, you do like I sit with people all the time, and they're like, "Oh, I got to stop. I've got to go get, pick up my kids from work or whatever." And there is something very just beautiful about losing yourself in the magic of the creation, yes, right? And yes. and not having to be somewhere. Yeah. You literally have several days in a row where you can go into a session and not come out until 12 hours later or yes. something. And and just go go with it and and Absolutely. and see where it takes you. And 
you know, a lot of times people are trying to control that, mm, mm. putting a timer on yes. or whatever. It's like going into a situation with no control is just gorgeous. And I did kind of do a little uh, dipping in to, to see your history. And mm. I love that you grew up with, um, you know, a parent that was into music. I just, yeah. I think it's a beautiful thing. I have it, like I said, I have a 21 year old who, when they were about 13, I bought them the gear to kind of make music. Amazing. And they have made music with people all over the world. They don't want to do that for a living. Right. And um, I I was a little sad at Aww. that. But then on the other hand, it, you know, they're in nursing school and they were like, I can work three nights a week and I can make music the other night yeah. and not have to worry about money. For sure. And I went... Okay, smarty pants. <laughs> <laughs> it takes, it does, it's interesting. It's such a, a conundrum because for for artists who want that career, it's, it's you're kind of stuck in like having to bring in the money or, or, you know, that whole starving artist mentality and taking that leap of going into it. And then you don't have those distractions of, of, I'm right. using quotation marks here, the real world, like getting back to work versus creating right. your songs. So right. it's so lovely to have that freedom and flexibility on one side to be like, yeah, I have the money, but I can still enjoy it as mm -hmm. just a passion. Whereas right. I think for artists, when they're in a situation where like the pressure is on to generate revenue to live, right. I, w I feel like that sometimes can suffocate the art a little bit as well. Absolutely. I, you know, we have to be mindful of, of being in the real world. Yeah. We do. And I, you know, anyway, that's, that's a whole day. And I almost <laughs> feel like we could do a, a beginner, a beginner survival pack. Yes, someday. Totally. And, and, and because I don't know how many young writers, you know, are in my life and they really are struggling mm. And yet they're making a payment on a brand new car. And I'm like, right. you see, I bought $2,000 cars yeah. that I could yeah. pay for. And, you know, my grocery bill, I could keep really small mm -hmm. because I ate at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just yeah. like, yeah. those seem simple to me. And yet even just budgeting yes. for being a musician is so important. Yes. Like if you're, if if you're pushing out more cash every month than you're bringing in, mm -hmm. you're not gonna. You know, I'm a big yeah. Rick Rubin fan, and and this yeah. new book and and everything has been just brilliant. And you know, I, I do think we think that success is signing a publishing deal mm -hmm. or getting a first cut. And I'm here to tell you that that's not all gonna sustain you forever and ever and ever yeah like even massive hits on radio will dwindle mm -hmm. at some point mm -hmm. and i just never wanted the money to be the reason i was yeah. doing yeah. it but i had to be a business person right. right i had to know that my kid needed food and yeah. clothes and we needed a roof over our heads right Seriously. so you have to keep that in mind and I see so many fighting, you know, so many people fighting, they have real jobs and yet they want to be songwriters. I'm like, don't, let's change that phrasing. Mm -hmm. 
you get the opportunity to create because you work 30 hours at this place, right? That's giving you the gift of this and, and neither one or more or less important. Yeah. Yeah. It's attitude. It's attitude. Like I am grateful. I taught for three years at MTSU in the songwriting department, grateful beyond words for opportunity to do that. Yes. Because it came at a time when royalties were kind of down. We're all shifting from terrestrial radio mm-hmm. to streaming, and it is brutal. Yeah. Brutal. I'm telling you, yeah. guys and girls, I used to could be one song on a million selling record that was a tangible copy mm-hmm. at nine cents a song, which is crazy that it's so low, but yeah. that's what it is. But if you were a writer, maybe two writers that's 90k for that record that you split so if i could do two songs a year yeah that i was a co-writer with two people yeah i could go about 90 without even being a single right right i can't do that anymore it's so crazy it's you know there's a lot about the structure now that we're gonna be studying for years and years and years because the the financial impact on songwriters mm-hmm. has been devastating. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, if we want there to be songwriters and screenwriters and fiction writers, then we have to support it. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. anyway, another day, another day. We'll go deeper into that. But such a huge topic. I love, I love it. But yes, I, I'm, I'm like already. I'm like, okay, when are we gonna do this boot camp for survival for songwriters? Right. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do a songwriter survival kit. Yes, you know, and, totally. and, and get together and learn how to to make our own really good coffee. You know. Yeah. Um, yes, totally. But uh, yeah, it, it's it, it's got to be part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Do you think it, it has, scares people you know, away now from going into songwriting? Do you think the way things are set up now with all the digital and streaming and there's all this talk about, you know, the the money is, is you know, you have to, I don't even know what you have to do these days to actually make a good living as a songwriter with the streaming element now. It's, so it's, do you think it's putting people off or do you think, what do you think it's going to do for, say, the young upcoming writers? Uh, you know, I feel like, I see as many young brand nice. new writers now as I ever have good, and Nashville good. is is growing so yeah. I don't know if I'm just kind of you know in a bubble here I don't know if it's putting people off right but I do feel it's changing their attitude right right I think I think there's a cynical uh ill will toward the music business mm-hmm. the evil music business right. and um and granted i have i have a lot of conversations with our pros ascap bmi csac yeah. and publishers and labels and artists and managers um those hard conversations are not uh they're not fun mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know but i feel like the tightening of the belt and the closing of the doors, the locking of the doors is new. Yeah. Um, when I got to town, you know, my ASCAP guy who 
was loved in Canada. Ralph Murphy was just an incredible human being. He worked for ASCAP and literally I could see him whenever I called and asked. Nice. I could play him songs. I could get so, I mean, he would mm -hmm. throw things at me when the song was not very good. Uh -huh. And like, you can do better than this, I, you know, and, and I loved him for that. I don't know that we have that anymore. Right. Right. I don't know that we have the open doors mm -hmm. anymore. I don't know that people are climbing a ladder and reaching back and, and helping others up For because sure. they're so worried about their position's yeah. going to get downsized. So that's what I see is not fewer people coming to do it. I see fewer people helping people to right. do it. Right. If that, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really interesting. And from from sort of that songwriting perspective of, of that feedback of like what what's good what's not i guess kind of going on a bit of a tangent here um let's talk a bit about that kind of collaborative shift of, of working with someone and and how how to do that how to work with someone and be like well i i you know set preserving like not preserving the ego, but like putting the ego aside and doing the best for the song. How how did you find your groove as a writer to be in those collaborative situations and, and, and find it, you know, move smoothly through the writing process in those situations? That is a, that's a great question. I I kind of was a little the other way. I'm I'm a I can be a bit of a doormat. I can be right. a bit of a like give in to okay. everyone else's ideas because I feel like their ideas are better. Okay. So I actually had to work from a different position. Okay. So that for me was starting to trust myself yes. that I did have something to say and that I wanted to find a way to say it. Yeah. Now I will say that the biggest thing a room needs to have is respect for each other. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been writing full-time for 30 years, whatever. And I wrote with two people the other day that have only been in town for less than a year. Mm -hmm. They're both, um, you know, a little less experienced than I am. And one of them made the comment, well, you know, I think, I think we should go with what you said because you know what you're talking about. And I said, nope, that's not the way this works. I love Best that idea wins yes best idea wins so ego does get put aside mm -hmm. the passion and drive need to be there like if i don't care about something i'm not going to push back on something right, right right so first and foremost not every idea is a great idea not every song is a great song yeah. but every idea and song are worth exploring right right so getting in the room with someone that's less experienced, more experienced, they've had hit songs, they haven't had, none of that matters mm -hmm. because all of us had a first song that got cut. Yeah, yeah. Every one of us was a beginner at some time, Hopefully. you know. So I look at uh, literally the two people I'm talking about I've been I've been keeping my eye on them for like two and a half years and I'm like before they even got here. And I knew that there was something special there. And I know that if I watch them long enough, they're gonna grow and grow yeah. and grow because I hear the unique quality of their writing. Very so cool. the, the going into the room, A, I always want that triangle covered. Lyric, 
top line melody production. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you have three lyric people, you're going right. to have a great one-sided triangle, but yeah, you're not yeah. going to have a triangle. Sure. You can have melody people for days. Yeah. But the song lyrically does. And, and I will say to you right now, the biggest thing I hear right now are great melody writers, but people don't always really feel like the lyric is important. For sure. For sure. Even though your audience is just kind of bopping along and you don't think they hear the lyric, they do. Yeah, yeah. The melody brings people into a, a song, but the lyric keeps them there yes, and makes yes. them want to hear it more than once, right? right if right. your lyric is very linear and not complex and doesn't have any layers to it, they can hear it once or twice and they're done, Yeah. right? Yeah. But if there's that complexity, and, and I don't mean it has to be, you know, thorough. Yeah, I don't yeah, mean yeah. it has to be this <laughs> dense piece of work. But even hooky songs that have those melodic hooks and stuff, mm -hmm. dig underneath those and see what I, you know, what yeah. they mean. Look at your songwriter heroes that you listen to stevie nicks is one of mine right right i mean are you kidding me <laughs> she had some hooky stuff but yeah. it you know um I, you know uh, there's you know there's just a, a stevie nicks song you know um the glitter um uh, after the glitter phase is the yeah. title and it's just like i grew up playing that song and even though it was kind of a commercial song it's like the the layers of that song just spoke to me so much so Amazing. that's what i always try to encourage people right. is like a know which one of those sides is your yes. first your first thing that you reach for yeah 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 if you're always re reaching for your pencil and paper then you're more of a lyric person if you're always reaching for a guitar first or right. a piano first you're more of a top liner if you're trying to come up with like the tempo and the beat and the vibe and the you know what the track is going to sound like you're leaning more into the production yes. i'm not saying you can't do all of it right. but i do think each one one of us have a first right. resort yes right. yes absolutely no i love that thought process because that's going to really help help listeners and people that i work with to kind of just look at it from from a bigger perspective of just like we've got to get in a room and write a song it's a really cool way to to kind of understand that process that's that's really good one question i do get all the time is and it's funny because again you've you've been just so amazing and it's just like just the fact that we've connected just blows my mind and i'm so happy about it thank you everybody who's connected us. Um, yeah, so, yeah, um, i feel the same way so i i reached out to you again because i had a, a young client of mine was in nashville it was very last minute and she was like is there anyone i could be writing with so i get this question all the time is like we talk about going to nashville and getting in the rooms with the writers and all of that stuff how does someone set that up how does that work do you, like you say, you've, you've had your eye on some of these people for a few years. They've been putting in the work. They've been working their way into a situation where they can, you know, where you're working together. But, you know, do people just show up and knock on doors or do people build relationships? How does it just, I just imagine like the little person with their stick and their, their little knapsack <laughs> on a stick heading to Nashville with a bunch of songs and just knocking on doors. <laughs> there, there are some very much like that people I beat all the time. So for me personally, I 
I'm very involved in ASCAP and any of the educational pieces that they do. Right. I've done a little bit with NSAI mm -hmm. and what they do, MTSU. Um, and then I, you know, kind of have my own practice where I, I, I have intensives and things like that, one-on-ones right. -on and things like that. I am a note taker. I will meet a group of writers and come home and literally jot down something about each person. Right. And a lot of times people will really stand out because of their melodies. Yeah. Um, lyrics may not have been as strong, but I was like, I hear a melody. Yeah. Or I hear people's demos and I'm like, who did your demo? Oh, I did that in my bedroom. I'm like, okay, keep that's a, a, a guy I have my eye on that's gonna help us with our um our demos. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He started sending me demos and I was like, who's doing your demos? He's like, oh I I play everything. I do everything. Love and I it. went, and you mixed it? Yep. And I was like noted you know yeah, yeah. and so I, I almost keep like a directory in mm. my personal files I will reach out to people because publishers a lot of times are just kind of throwing things out like right. publisher one will put their artists with this person this person or whatever and there's not always a lot of thought okay. about what they're bringing to the table okay you're gonna think I'm <laughs> lost my mind here's my here's my real secret i'm ready for this <laughs> i own the the movie moneyball okay and i've watched it more times than i care to mention okay. because i'm embarrassed moneyball <laughs> is to me the absolute way i do my work okay and what moneyball storyline is um baseball team that had been at the bottom it's a, a you know and it's a, based on a true story they were at the bottom of the rankings every year um and they had no money their stadium was falling apart or whatever so they have a new a new uh manager of the team who starts putting it together and he has this young data guy mm -hmm. and he comes in he runs the numbers of what needs to happen each for each player to make a winning team. Right. And they went out and got some of the most ragtag leftover players because they were cheaper. Right. And they literally, I think, still hold the title of the most wins in a row of yeah. any major league baseball team in the history oh, wow. of u.s baseball moneyball is what it's called i gotta watch that tonight <laughs> so so to me putting together winning teams mm -hmm. is not always the highest paid mm -hmm. it's not always the coolest it's not always the people that come with no baggage yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's not always the the people that other people think are like brilliant yeah. it's who can do what they do best with the people you put them with. Right. So I study personalities. Yeah. I study what they do best, uh, their flaws as well as their strengths. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the flaws and strengths of someone else. Mm -hmm. I have my own flaws. Right. I am not always the most patient person for in the sure, room. For sure. But if I'm with somebody who's very patient and calm, mm -hmm. 
it tends to help me stay in that place of being calm yeah, and not, yeah. okay, we got to finish. We got to finish. Right. right? right. So it, it's all of those factors that is now your question is how do people handle that coming to town? I would say going out to listen to music. Mm -hmm. If you hear somebody that you really like introduce yourself, yeah. yeah. do not ask to write, right. just introduce yourself do you mind if we exchange numbers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go have coffee in a few weeks. Get to know them. Yeah. Again, do not go into that conversation. What can you do for me? Go into right. that conversation. What can we do together? I love that so much. Literally care about your collaborators. Yes, yes. You know, one of my favorite pictures is um, I'm not I'm not close to my family at all, but when my kid was born, to you know. One of my favorite collaborators uh, and one of my favorite publishers sitting there holding my kid. And, you know, they brought food to the hospital. And those were the family members that I could count on at yeah. that time. Yeah. And that's what Nashville does right. and has right. always done is we're there for each other. I love it. You know, through through good and through bad and, and that kind of thing. Now we tend to have our heads in the sand on some issues. <laughs> I will not lie about that. But overall, we yeah. just have each other's backs. And if you look at great teams of athletes, they're the ones that have each other's backs. Yeah, absolutely. So making yourself available, going out to hear music, also be honest about what you write best. Mm -hmm. Like if you meet somebody that's a super country writer and you're more of a pop writer, yeah. that's okay. That could be a cool collaboration, but that may not need to be your first collaboration. Right. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. get 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 a little more familiar. And and I also have a lot of people that have been writing alone forever. Yeah. And collaboration is hard for them. For sure. So, even just learning how to get in the room and um i mean everything i can i can talk about everything like if you're going into a writing day like if i have a day with hunter hayes mm -hmm. i know i'm only going to get one day right so in my bag i have plenty of food and beverages for the day yeah so that i don't have to stop yeah. once yeah, we yeah. start we work until we finish I love it. right because the worst thing you can do is be right at that moment. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm really hungry. Totally. And that is so funny that you mentioned that because I think in an email, I was talking about the schedule for the day with our writers and I'm like, okay, well, I'll provide like food and stuff. We'll have everything in the house. But I'm like, do we stop for lunch? Is she going to want to stop for lunch? And I'm like, but that seems like a real hot, that is so funny right. that that is actually, we talk, that's something you bring up because I was literally, am I being a weirdo overthinking about stopping for lunch? <laughs> well, and if, you know, you build in, <laughs> you want people to have what they need. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, please don't, uh, you know. <laughs> We're going to starve hey guys the artist. There, don't the literal don't starve think that artist. I'm trying to get you to starve to death, right? <laughs> But I do find for me, um, having some 
proteins in my day. Yes. Um, because if I go eat a big meal, like a lot of my dude friends, yeah. they can go eat the biggest meal at lunch and they'd be fine. Yeah. And I'm like, nap I need a nap, right? <laughs> so true. So I'm like, I'm going to have my juice yeah. and my almonds yeah. and just meet you after you finish eating. Um, so it's, it's the energy of the room. You're not overthinking it. That's right. that those kind of things, having something around you. You're, I mean, let's face it. I'm not going to starve if I don't eat in an eight hour period of time, <laughs> but what do you need to keep your brain stay sharp yeah. and keep your brain moving and that kind of thing and not be like just in a fuzz or exactly. a haze, you know? And a lot of times if you're writing that riding R I D I N G, if you're writing that new song energy, I don't even think about eating, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, even things, even things down to the minutia of like clearing my day to make sure that I can, I can work as long as I need to yes. on a day when I feel like that's really important. Right. right. Um, and so, and, and then those surprises, like you go to a session that you think is three hours mm -hmm. And if it's rolling like in a really beautiful way, yeah. I'm gonna clear the rest of my day. Yeah, yeah, right. Totally. And and that was something I learned early on. Don't leave because it's hard to recreate that. Totally, it's, and that I think is just the beauty of music. It isn't like okay, well we've put the numbers in the chart. We can come back to those numbers tomorrow and finish the the theory or the project or whatever. The math is gonna be. It really is just an energy and a moment and something you've got to, if it's going right, you got to get with it. And, yeah. And the other thing is I'm finding more and more is uh, being in, in the room with someone and they've double, triple booked themselves that day and they're mm -hmm. heading to a new session. And, you know, and then after that, they're going to do a demo and then they're going to get up and do it all over tomorrow. I'm like, you know, I, I do think that creativity is magical. It's hard to, it's a mystery, but I do think you can overuse it to a point where you're not really, you're not being inspired mm -hmm. anymore. It's all just perspiration. For sure. And I don't know, for me, perspiration turns into desperation very fast. Right. And wow. I don't enjoy being in the room with somebody that's just like white knuckling yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. We, we gotta, we gotta finish. Like we, Hey, let's knock this bridge out. That never works for me. No, no. I'm like, Hey, I need to sit and think about it. And yeah. B maybe we don't need a bridge. Like everything doesn't have to be a cookie cutter, yes. like verse course, verse course, bridge course. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Can turn it, it on its head. Uh, Hunter and I call it playing Tetris, you know, yeah. like you start putting the pieces and parts around, but you've got to let yourself feel what feels right totally. for that song. Totally. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love that so much. Honestly, I'm going to be laughing all day about the sandwiches that I've just literally been planning in my head for the songwriters. <laughs> I'm I'm so excited too to like we talked a bit about being in it and everything and the group coming to Nashville is 
it's a bit it's a bit of a spectrum from you know this is quite new for some people this is you know some people have been doing this for a while and I'm just so excited to just and they're all they're all young women too which is is great because I'm literally oh, just that's cool. slamming them all in the same house and I'll be like you bring your guitars and you just you do it you live it for the week you can just be in it and there's no it's, distraction it's like real housewives <laughs> I, Real House Wives of Songwriting or something. We, we need the documentary crew. Okay, I'll start making some pitches today. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, who knows? And again, it's what I love doing these things too because different personalities are going to bring different things to the creativity, to the to the extracurricular activities as well. It's just going to be su- such a fascinating social experiment as well as a creative one. Right. Uh, and and you know i encourage those that are coming have fun mm-hmm. but literally look at this as a gift that yeah. you don't want to waste yes. like every minute that you can be connecting with somebody or writing or working on a verse or whatever don't take it lightly yeah yeah. You know, I've had situations where I'm like, oh, you know, I, I'm going to cancel today because I'm sure we can get back together in a few weeks right. or whatever. And, and then sometimes you just you you miss like a really nice opportunity. Um, you know, I, I travel and write with people and, and a lot of times I'll get to L.A. or something and 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 I get a little bit nervous. So I get tired faster mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And I let my insecurities talk me out of something. Right. And that's the other thing is the physical body, the mental body, the spiritual part of yourself, mm-hmm. all of those things have to be cared for Yes, yes. for you to be the best you can be. Mm-hmm. And like, don't come to Nashville I'm, I'm going to say this and I don't, I'm not trying to offend, but don't come to Nashville for a writing camp and be hung over every morning. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Just don't do that. Like that, that, that gives me the impression that it's not important to you. Totally. Totally. I'm not saying don't go out and have fun. Yes. Find that. But, but fun, fun lives over here and the work lives over here. Take advantage of every minute that they get to spend with you, with me, with Aaron, whoever is yes. in the room with them at the time, take advantage of that yeah. and and just get every little ounce out of it that you can, That's because crazy. these opportunities don't come along, along right. you know, very right. often. And this, it's I'm just so excited, and 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 I mentioned that we do have like the the ladies living in the house and the girls, but we do have the day passes as well so people can still come and observe all of these sessions and workshops and stuff and be part of it and 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 as well connect and build that community too which i think is so so huge because yeah. the whole reason i did this is almost like 10 years ago to the to the day when when we're gonna arrive is i w- i got on a plane and went out to nashville by myself i'd started the journey as as a voice coach and suddenly was like i i gotta take this really seriously and i and i'm in the previous episode, I talked with Jason uh, Catrone, who is going to be one of the guest voice coaches. And it was so bizarre because I literally, I went for a voice session with Brett Manning. And like you said, I was terrified. I almost canceled because I was like so nervous. I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, this is not, I don't, 
almost like I don't deserve this. It was like upper level limiting stuff. It was all of that, that's business. Um, but I showed up and, and turns out Jason was training under Brett and was sitting in the same room with me, which is just blows my mind that here we are 10 years later and we're all kind of that's collaborating. Awesome. Um, I love that. But I look back on myself, um, just kind of winging it in Nashville, no one really to connect with other than the people I'd set up kind of learning with. Um, so I just thought, you know what, what how, how great to have a pre-built community of music lovers and people who are at the same on the same kind of journey mm-hmm. and to just literally you just show up, you chill out and you, you can just dig into your music and your artistry mm-hmm. and everything. So so just like yeah. you say, to have something that you really it is kind of a gift. I, I even saying like saying so myself, even though we've created this, but but I really right. feel it's just a you I create things from what I didn't have on my journey so right well in in just through the years that i've been in nashville i've been invited into other circles you know other publishing companies or whatever and i would be like someone they invited me in and go away for a few days Mm -hmm. and you you know you sit around in groups and you write songs you get to know each other and i'm just telling you some of my best memories of my time in nashville have been in those situations where no phones, no fan, yeah. you know, nothing, you know, nothing to take care of from home. Yeah. You're just in song creation mode or just exploratory mode. Yes. I think the thing I would encourage uh, also is like, this is not how to be a star. Yeah, week. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is how to be a creative mm-hmm. week. This is how to give yourself into this mysterical magical (laughs) thing of creating something out of nothing yes yes the the width will take care of itself if you take care of your depth and you take care of your creative person i i believe we were created to create i believe it with all my heart i think if you learn how to care for that creative being Mm -hmm. the universe takes care of of the limbs that come out of that yeah. Which is the success, right? That's where the ever reaching thing. But when you come in asking questions, you know, how do I get a, a, a how do I get a meeting at a label? Right. It's like, well, if you're asking that, you're not ready. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so true. You know, and, and it's like, that's, that's like worrying about the type tires you have on a car before you've learned how to drive. Yeah. Yeah. Like don't don't buy the rims yet for the car. Right. Learn how to drive. Learn the concept of driving. Okay. Yeah. Then you can start to build the machine that's gonna take that concept out in the world. Mm-hmm. But here and now, the week that we're gonna have is is I I talk about a lot for me, it's been learning to get to know myself. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you one quick story and I know I'm going long, but <laughs> no, it's great. I had, Love it. I had the hardest time playing in time, okay. even though I had been taking piano forever, you put a metronome on me and <laughs> I would be like, just, it just messes me up. Right. So playing in a band, everything, I had to work really hard and everything. And so I started therapy a few years back for childhood trauma. Okay. And as I got more and more and more in touch with who I am, what my voice is, what I feel, Mm -hmm. believe it or not, 
there are certain environments you can grow up in and feelings are not allowed. So you yeah. learn how to stuff it down. So you don't know how you feel. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And for me, that just always ended up angry. Right. right because I didn't right. know how to feel anything. I was angry. So I'm sitting with a therapist going through these things and going through these things. And there was a moment that I felt myself enter my body in a way I had never had. And I could feel my wow. fingers. I could feel every part of me. I can play in time now. That is wild. I believe that if we heal yeah. ourselves from the inside out. Yeah. And, 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 and maybe you come into this and you're like, I had a great childhood. I had a great relationships and all that. I love that. Yeah, I love yeah, yeah. that for you, right? But you have to get in touch with that. Yes. And you have to create from that honest, transparent place. Yeah. Don't try to rhyme words. Yeah. Try to talk to me in a way that makes me feel like you understand the human condition, That's right? Yeah. And the rhymes will come. Mm -hmm, the, the, mm -hmm. the structures will come. And we will talk about that. I'm a big believer in phrasing and rhythm yeah. and rhythm of notes and, and all the things like you, you work on the, the actual voice and notes. And I go from the rhythm of language syllables and it. how you say things, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. has to be done in a way that bring people's ears into it. Yeah, yeah. They're very busy out there in the world and right. you've got to, you got to grab their attention. Yes. So all of those things, I'm going to start, you know, the week talking about getting into who I am right. before I could ever know what I had to say. That's and it, it's just, it, you know, the last few years of my creative life, I'm like, oh, okay. I was fighting a lot of layers of dysfunction. For sure, for sure. To try to get out there, you know, yes. and now I can kind of pierce Just... my way through that and be like, okay, this is what I want to talk wow. about today, you know? Yes. So it's, uh, uh, you know, the health and well-being of the creator is just as important as the creative work that comes out of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I think... Um... I shared actually, I, I I think I remember you liked it, I think Billy Strings yesterday. Um, mm. Oh, just talking about like the, the, the topic was slightly different, but the fact that he brings up his therapist and how that's just, and I am such a huge, like therapy is everything, especially for mm. artists. Like, and it's just so interesting how the creativity and the, the impact of the business and the the morality of the industry and all of the different things can just have impact you so much. So yes, that's, that's a topic for another day, but yes, get a good therapist. <laughs> and, I, and I would say that in your work with people's voices, mm. that health and well-being, not just of the physical thing that is a, you know, vocal cord and all of the, the, the physical part of it, mm. it's, it's emotional and mental so and spiritual. Yes. All of those things, when they are in alignment yeah. and that person opens their mouth, yes, you're like, oh, yep. there we go. That's yes. a singer I want to listen to. That's a tone I want to, I want to hear. And, um, yeah. So I, I think all of those things just like you caring for yourself as an athlete, mm -hmm. care for yourself 
as a songwriter because Absolutely. you are a creator, you know. Absolutely. So. Bonnie, you're amazing. And I just, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see you. So it's going to be so soon. We've been talking for, it feels like we've been planning this for so long and it's just around the corner and I just, I, know. I cannot it's wait. It's just crazy. Well, in the meantime, I'm going to take a train from Memphis to Vancouver, British Columbia. Amazing. I'm going Memphis up to Chicago, wow. all the way across to Washington, up to Vancouver, hang out a few days. Uh, and then I'm going to do the train back. Yeah. And it marches my time to kind of expand. Last Beautiful. year we did Israel. And this year I'm do going alone. Um, I'm going to be getting ready for April and getting it. ready for our time together because um we're at a critical point in the world like we yeah. we art is so needed mm -hmm. when the world is so so brutal yeah yeah when there are just really awful things happening in the world yeah. don't run away from it look at it study it and write about it because that's what we need out of our generation of writers is we need truth yeah we need healing, we need compassion, we need kindness, and we just need great, great songs. Yeah. So I'm spending a little time alone to, to meditate and dwell on and be ready for you guys. And I cannot wait to meet every single one of you. And uh, I think we've got room for more people. So we come do. along, come on, we want you. It's gonna be so good. Oh, Bonnie, thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing all of this. And uh, I'm just really more, fired up and excited to see you in person so soon absolutely so. let me know if there's anything else i think we're getting close to having everything uh, so. ready to go and so. um i'll see you that uh <laughs> april 6th maybe i can't remember the first day but <laughs> we'll i'll see you then <laughs> yes we'll see you soon thank you so much bonnie and thank you for your time and um and yeah we'll be in touch have a great All day right. bye talk Emma. to you soon bye Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I really hope you enjoyed it. Please feel free to like, share and subscribe. And if you do leave a review, it's really useful to help others discover the show. You can also check out the weekly vocal workout over on Patreon. I'll leave the links in the show notes where you can access weekly vocal training from yours truly and totally rock your voice. Thanks again for listening. Check out Rocket Vocal Studios on social and on the web. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.